Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 197 of the Falcoholic Live. I am your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin, joined by two excellent co-hosts and a very special guest this evening. Before we introduce him, let me welcome in Director of Guest Personnel, Evan Birchfield, also Social Media Manager, Evan Birchfield now. Uh, congrats, mm. congrats to Evan there. But uh, Evan, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great. Um, got a great guest on tonight and... Uh... We're a little closer to training camp, but yeah, excited to talk uh, some more Falcons football. I haven't been on in like two weeks, so yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good time. Well, you know, we saved special teams just for you, Evan. I knew, yeah, I, I knew it. this was the one that you would want to get yes. to weigh yeah. in on more than anyone yeah. else. So, uh, <laughs> also with us back from vacation, we have Anani Ikic at Say Which Way. We couldn't even let him have like two days, you know, off before we had to call him back on the air. Anon, uh, welcome back, and uh, how you doing? Uh, I'm very jet lagged right now, but you know, I'm <laughs> going imagine. to have a decent time. No, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I'm glad to be back. Uh, you know, no matter where I go in the world, I always feel a sense of joy when I touch down at Hartsfield. Yeah, so, yeah, it feels yeah. like home. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm happy to be talking Falcons football, and we're just a couple of weeks out of training camp. So, really psyched about that. Absolutely. And that leads us now to our special guest. He is Falcons defensive tackle Anthony Rush. He is at Can't Be Blocked Twenty Five on Twitter. Anthony, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Doing good. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, I know I'm obvious. I'm a very big fan. I, I don't know if you read the site, but I, I wrote up your player profile, so I'm I'm a big fan of of your contributions to the team last year, and excited uh, for what you can do this year. Uh, so to start us off, let's let's talk about that. Uh, how was your first year in Atlanta? Uh, I know you started the season with the Titans and then ended up coming to Atlanta midseason, but how was it uh, your first year getting to play in Atlanta? Uh, it was pretty good, man. The transition and everything was good. You know, uh, when I got here, it was, uh, you know, it, it was it was still football, but, you know, it was uh, more of a family vibe, you know what I'm saying? So I got in good with everybody real quick, and, uh, Grady and TQ and all those guys, so Coach G, um, you know, Art, I've been getting in good with those guys as soon as I got here, so uh, it's been good. Yeah, now going into your second season with the Falcons, uh, I believe this is the first year that you've spent two consecutive training, or mm-hmm. well, not two training camps, but two years on the same team because mm-hmm. you had, you've had to bounce around a bit earlier in your career, yep. which unfortunately a lot of, a lot of NFL players yep. do. But uh, how is it uh, for you now having some stability finally? Uh, it's, it's definitely like a stress reliever, you know, just not having to, you know, fly around the country and yeah. <laughs> play football on Sundays, you know, but uh, I, I definitely appreciate the Falcons for, you know, let me do what I do, you know, just being a big guy, you know, doing big guy things. So I just, I appreciate them. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned being a big guy, obviously, 
uh, I would say I would say the biggest on the team. Maybe maybe if anyone else has come in since last year, uh, maybe you can correct me. But uh, how is it for you? Uh, is that like is is it hard to to keep on the weight? I know some guys it's like really easy. Some guys it's like really a challenge. How is it for you to to play at that weight? Uh, it's, you know, I've been I've been playing since that size since about college. So you know, uh, I'm around the three forty five range right now, and uh, you know, I just try, I just try to keep it below three fifty. But you know, we we do a lot of conditioning and stuff like that. So I'm always I'm always in shape. It's never a problem. Um, you know, so and then I I take a lot of double teams too. So you know, yeah, you can't <laughs> doing that. no, definitely not. Yeah, you know, I know some guys they have to literally just eat peanut butter sandwiches all day, and some guys it's like. The opposite so it sounds like for you it's not not too much of a challenge to uh to be able to play at that weight so that's good to oh hear. yeah especially in the hotter months you know you can lose oh, yeah. weight at practice you know i might lose seven eight pounds of water at practice so oh yeah mm-hmm. you know it's just when it gets to that uh point of the year where it starts to get cold you know you gotta step the calf and stuff like that but other than that i'm pretty good with it yeah, I'm hoping that I can lose a couple pounds uh, while I'm observing training care practices while I'm down there. But it's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, well, I'll open up the floor to uh, to Evan. Evan, any question uh, to get us started with Anthony? Um, not so much football related, but just in general, how how's your off season been? Oh, it's been good. Uh, most of the time, I've been in, uh, here in uh, Flowery Branch, just mm-hmm. uh, the facility, just around. Uh, I didn't really do any major vacations or anything this offseason, you know, just just trying to lock in. Yeah. yeah. Staying ready so he doesn't have to get ready. Yep. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, Adnan, any, anything you want to throw in here as well? Uh, yeah, no, Kevin mentioned it. You've bounced around a little bit uh, since signing on to the Eagles as an undrafted free agent. Just what, what kind of a mentality do you have to have just to – to go like that from team to team while still pursuing that, that NFL dream and, you know, just not letting it go. Uh, I think you just got to have like real thick skin, you know, like that a team might cut you for a certain reason, but it's not because you can't do what they're asking you to do. You know, it might be somebody coming off IR or, you know, something like that, you know, this is a crazy business, but you just got to keep your head up and uh, uh, just keep a smile on your face, man. Cause you never know who you run into again. Um, it's just, it's, it's been a blessing for me, you know, it's just all the way up to this point, you know, so I'm blessed. I mean, we're definitely glad to have you in Atlanta, you know, just both having that kind of mentality and just the work that you put in last year, it, it doesn't go unrecognized at all. Like, uh, you're, you're not one of the household names, but, you know, you do a great job getting the job done and, you know, um, we wish you much success moving forward and, you know, to keep doing what you're doing in, in Atlanta and around the league. Stories like yours are some of my favorites in the NFL. Yeah, my story's a little crazy, you know, because uh, I don't know if you guys knew, but I didn't have a pro day or, you know, I didn't have a combine invite. I didn't go to any all-star games. So it's, it's, I really had to work my way from the bottom to the top, you know, and I'm still yeah. going so. Yeah, yeah, you know, playing at playing at UAB. Uh, I can't remember. Was your year the last year that UAB had the program before they paused and then came back, or was it? It was the first year when they reinstated the program. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because mm-hmm. UAB's had a whole thing going on too. Yeah. Um, so that that I'm sure didn't didn't help matters either. But yeah, I mean, um, 
Yeah, I was trying to look up your athletic testing the other day, and I, I, you know, noticed that there wasn't anything, you know, listed as like official combine testing. Size. So it's like, oh yeah, but I mean, I can tell you're athletic. It's easy to see on tape, um, and it's it's quite impressive for the size as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, what was it? What is it like uh, to have to basically? You came to Atlanta after a couple weeks with Tennessee, and then. Mm-hmm pretty quickly like had to get onto the field what is that like to basically transition to a completely different team and then all of a sudden okay you're on the field on Sunday oh you know you just uh I think my football IQ just helps me out a lot you know just knowing like different fronts and stuff like that being able to just come in and play because you know as you know I was on a couple different teams and I was going in to play you know so I might have had a week to practice and then you know next week I was playing in the game so uh I think I just had got used to it. You know, play, you know, play, but it was it wasn't that hard or anything. So, you know, I just got right into it. And when you come in mid-season, you're kind of filling a role. So it's uh, it's not like you went through training camp and you know. Mm-hmm. All that, so. Yeah, yeah, you had to basically just jump right into the fray. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And I know, I know, depending on the scheme, it might not be that different. But yeah, I mean, I know coming from Tennessee, I, they don't exactly they don't they don't run the same exact scheme that dean pease ran when he was there anymore uh i think it's been a few years removed since he was there so uh definitely impressive uh how quickly you were able to get on the field and then getting 10 start or getting six starts too by the end of the season i mean that is that's a i would say that's a big achievement to basically come in off off the street and and get starts going so uh you know, we certainly appreciate that uh, after watching the, the Falcons run defense early in the season before you got here. Uh, it was it was nice to see, I'll say, after you got here. That was, <laughs> I, I definitely enjoyed, especially that first Saints game. I think that was my uh, my favorite performance of yours. And we, we always love when, when players show out against the Saints. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, we might have seen him again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you guys, how's, how's the locker room feeling about getting to play the Saints week one? Uh, you know, it's the first game, so everybody's trying to win that first game. You know, it just sets you up for later on in the season. But it's it's a rivalry game, so you know how that goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you felt those rivalry vibes at all from a lot? Because you did play the Saints twice. Mm-hmm. Have you felt that it, it was, you know, maybe a bit different? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a little bit uh, – everybody's a little more tightened up, you know what I'm saying? So it's you can definitely feel it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, we had a, a question from a fan here, Jason Gaines, with the $2. Thank you so much, Jason. He says, Anthony, thanks for coming in last season and being good nose tackle for us. Appreciate the effort that you showed. Question for you is, would you be open to playing a little goal line fullback? I don't think the opposing team's defense would want to have to deal with you in the red zone. Hashtag hey, big man touchdowns. Yeah. I, I'm not going to speak on it too much, but you might see me back there. Uh, this year, we're not gonna speak on it too much. Okay, okay. I, I I appreciate the the you know possibility of that happening excites me. Uh, great. Did you ever so. do that in college or anything? No, I was. Uh... <laughs> it sounds like I fun. I mean, yeah, it does sound like fun. Yeah, I mean, I think more teams should do that. I mean, we saw uh, Jordan Davis of Georgia, another nose tackle, uh, mm-hmm. get a chance to do that some in college this year too. So I. You know, I think I think that's something I would like to see just just for the fun aspect of it, uh, because who doesn't like that? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll open the floor back up to you guys as well. Uh, if you have any more questions for Anthony tonight. Uh, Anthony, what was your favorite moment, even not just of last season, but so far in your NFL journey? What's what's been your favorite part? 
Uh, I think just the game day experience, you know, like I've been a different a couple different places, like game day experience is just, you know, you work so hard for that. Not everybody sees, you know, the training camp and, you know, OTAs. They just see what we do on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not, it's a seven day job. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I just, I just love preparing for it. You know, just, just getting ready to play, man. And, uh, you know, I, I love football. You know, you gotta love football to be in the NFL. So, yes. uh, it's definitely a blessing. Absolutely. Yeah, Evan, anything else you'd like to ask? Um, just, you know, I know training camp's coming up. Uh, how excited are you for it? Oh, I'm ready. I'm in yeah. Flowery Branch. I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Already there. Yeah. That's yeah. good to hear. Yeah, I, I'm excited as well. Uh, I'll be, I live in New York State, so I'll okay. be flying down for the first, uh, for the first okay. week or so. Uh, to, to check it out, of course. Um, but yeah, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, it's a great atmosphere there. I know there'll be less COVID restrictions this year, so more fans will get to come in. I know the, mm-hmm. the, the fans will enjoy that as well. Um, yeah, uh, I'm curious uh, of the other guys on that defensive line. Obviously, there's a lot of new faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, any of any of the new young guys that you've seen so far that uh, you think pe- people should sort of keep an eye on? I think you can keep your eye on all of them. You know, they all do uh, are good at certain things. You know, so mm-hmm. that's what the preseason's for. They'll show you what they're able to do, and you know, uh, in an NFL uniform and a shield on their chest. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's always a fun time in preseason because I remember my rookie year. You know, it was kind of a crazy rookie year. I left Philly and went to Oakland, and um, I did so good in the preseason. You know, I went back to Philly. So it's yeah. just, you know, <laughs> you never know. I was getting my car. At the rental place in uh, Alameda, and my agent calls me like, "Hey man, don't get the rental car. You know, you're, going <laughs> you're playing the Bills this week." So, it was just, you know, it was pretty fast. Crazy, too, but uh, it, it was fun, man. It's like that's something I could tell my kids one day. You know, I don't have any kids now, but you know, that's that's just something I can say. You know, your dad did or something like that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think fans realize that for the guys that aren't, you know, on the fully guaranteed contracts, like there's a lot of shuffling that could go on even during the middle of the season, even yeah. during training camp. So, um, yeah, I mean, it. I know now you've had a little bit of stability for once, but it, uh, it is, it's always interesting to me to see just, I mean, you've been to Philly, you mentioned Oakland, Green Bay, Seattle, uh, and then Tennessee last year too. So you've had kind of an NFL world tour so far mm-hmm. in your career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That happens fast too, but I, I enjoyed every second of it. Enjoyed every second of it. Yeah. That's quite, quite a spread. Uh, of teams too like it's kind of just a little bit everywhere like you got the east coast with philly got the yeah. midwest green bay and then the west coast with seattle so just all over but uh, yeah uh, did the atmospheres differ from from team to team on game day and leading up to it uh i wouldn't say that uh when i was in seattle uh it was COVID, so there were no fans mm-hmm. you know so i didn't really get to experience that uh but i just I think it's all cool to me. You know, I'm a Duco product. You know, I, I really had to work for this, so I enjoy every second of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have a, another question coming in from Robert Kelly. Uh, he wants to know, what's it like to line up and play next to Grady Jarrett, and have you learned anything from him so far? Oh, yeah, I learned a lot from Grady. I love playing with Grady. You know, uh, we're, we're two different uh, body types. He's more <laughs> like a Ferrari. Uh, yeah. More like a Ford F one fifty or four fifty, <laughs> you know. So uh, it's just, it's fun playing with him. I've learned a lot of tools from him. Uh, 
I think both our football IQs just kind of go together, you know. So, uh, you know, we sometimes we don't have to talk. We just know, you know. So it's, mm-hmm. just, it's just that connection. Yeah. Yeah, that chemistry is really important. It's it's talked about a lot for offensive linemen, but it's really, I think, an underrated aspect of playing defensive line as well because I know Pease likes to run a lot of blitzes and a lot of stuff behind you guys, and there's a lot, sometimes stunts and things like that going on. So you guys have to be on the same page uh, or that stuff doesn't work. So uh definitely can appreciate that yeah you guys anything else you want to ask anthony tonight yeah i'm wondering uh i'm pretty sure you're one of the stronger guys in the locker room on, on the bench press uh who who is the strongest person uh in there is it you uh i'm not gonna lie i'm more of a field person you know i can lift some weights now I can mm-hmm. lift some well you weights, got long but... arms too so yeah, it's, it's, I got hard. Long arms, it's hard so... yeah uh I would say TQ is pretty strong. TQ is yeah, pretty strong. Yeah, he's got long arms too. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, him and him and Grady kind of live together, and uh, Nick Thurman, mm-hmm. he's pretty strong too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. That okay. That's good intel there. Yeah. No, I, mm-hmm. I appreciate I appreciate the honesty. Uh, we know we can trust <laughs> everything you've told us tonight. Now, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anybody? Anybody else? Uh, questions for Anthony tonight? Yeah, no. What What are your expectations for for the defense this season? Uh, just, just to build off last year, you know, we did a lot of good things last year, but it's also time we could have did better things. You know what I'm saying? But that just goes that goes around the league. So you know, it's just everybody's trying to be perfect in a in a non perfect game. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, the teams that do it, but the team the teams that consistent, they you know they win a lot of games. So it's just. You know, everybody's trying to get to that point. Only one team going to be happy at the end of the year anyway. So, you know, we're just trying to be that team. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah. Did you have more on? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, just just to piggyback off that one, what what's it like uh, playing under under Dean Pease? I know he's he's an old-school defensive mind. Uh, what What's that been like under his tutelage? Have you learned a lot from him? Yeah, I learned a lot from him and just uh, – you know, different things, just, you know, watching Baltimore film and stuff like that, you know, uh, it's just, he, he's, he's really, he's really a good coach and, uh, you know, he expects certain things. So if you don't meet those expectations, you know, he's going to let you know. So, uh, you know, everybody just tries to be perfect every day. So, you know, he's a good coach. We love him. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I do want to ask this just because there, there's a lot of outside noise about the Falcons right now, right? Everyone's mm-hmm. saying, oh, the Falcons, their roster's not good enough, or, you know, we're not expecting anything from this year. So how, how do you guys as a team, you know, deal with that that noise and then, you know, have it you uh, know, translate? Yeah. We don't really listen to it. You know, everybody, anybody can write or type anything. You know, nobody's really out there practicing with us or, you know, traveling with us or playing the game or so. You know, everybody's talking right now. It's the preseason, like, oh, we got, you know, this person, that person, you know, around the league. So, it, it don't really matter to, like, the 11th, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's you know, one of those things. Even in preseason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, anything can happen, you know. Like, obviously, lots of stuff can happen between now and camp, or now and preseason. Unfortunately, yeah. there will always be injuries, too. So, it, it's still early in the process, but I, I certainly like, the look of this defense in particular. I think you guys are going to surprise some people this year for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, as someone who writes a lot of words on the internet, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I understand the temptation to just type whatever, whatever comes to mind, but you know, yeah. people, people got to realize it's, uh, it's not just 
numbers out there. It's actual guys. So that's why I, I try to be, uh, you know, as, as complimentary as possible to everyone just because, look, it's it's life for you guys. You know, it's your it's your job. It's it's your livelihood. It's not just a game as much as much fun as it is to play. I know you love ball and all that, but um, it's more than that. So especially at this level. Uh, yeah, guys, anything anything else for Anthony before we... Uh... I saw Jason Gaines was asking just how cold was it in oh. uh, in Buffalo when you guys... Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I swear, I'm kidding you not. Like, the turf was frozen. Yeah. Like, I had ice stuck to the bottom of my cleats. Like, I had to take that off, you know. It was it was pretty cold out there. But, you know, what, once you get to running around and stuff, you warm up. But when you're just standing there, that wind yeah. Falls, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Do you have a big coat definitely on? frozen. I think we need uh, like ice skates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. I would watch that. I'd watch it. <laughs> it's like a hockey football mix. I would yeah. be into that for yeah. sure. But, uh... When I saw last year's schedule drop and I saw Buffalo in January, I was like, yikes. Well, it's funny because, I, I, like I said, I live in New York State. I live in Syracuse. So I was considering driving to Buffalo to cover that game. Uh, but the storm blew in and I was like, there's no way I can, I'm not going to try to drive through that. But, so, and then you could see it on the field, you know, it was pile the snow was piling up. So I'm glad yeah, I didn't yeah. drive over there, but, uh, it, it did seem like that's, especially for playing in Atlanta all the time. Like, you know, you don't get a lot of snow games in Atlanta. So <laughs> is there, is there any specific game on the schedule? Not so much the opponent, but maybe a city you haven't been to that you're excited about. Oh, um... I kind of been everywhere, you know. So yeah, <laughs> uh, not really. You know, I I was working. I was worried about preseason games, you know. Mm-hmm. Weekend, so uh, it's a long season. You just gotta you go with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, oh wait, see. let me ask yeah, one more. Yeah, what yeah, did you? Did what was your opinion on the red helmets? Did you get a close look at them? Oh yeah, I got a real close look at yeah, them. Yeah, do you like? I love them. Yeah, Can't okay. Wear them. Yeah. I might, uh, I might take it home with me after the game. They might not get it back. But <laughs> yeah, 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 I definitely like it. Okay, yeah, I don't cool. know what happened to that one. Yeah, it, it's gone. <laughs> it, it got dented. I don't know. Somebody. Yeah. Some, some and then the tech, the Texans are trying to copy us. It's just, I yeah. saw that. It's, yeah. it's really it's out of pocket. The We're the trend and black though. looks so much yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. And, and the good news is we had Brad Jukes on the show a few weeks ago. He hinted at the helmets being used in more than one game this year. I know. Yeah. We know officially it's going to be week six, but could be, could, could be, be multiple times. Will be more. We don't know so. exactly. I hope so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It will be more than one. We had we got that confirmed, but yeah, which games it'll be, or if it'll be more than two, we don't know. But at least two, possibly more. Um, I'm excited because I, I, I we're all big fans of the red helmet here. Uh, I mean, I was a big fan of the all black uniforms. Uh, going back to that look, as mm-hmm. well. But that red helmet. Is, is really nice so mm-hmm. uh, uh i'm excited about that but uh anything else guys before we let let anthony off the hook tonight uh what are your ex- expectations for yourself for this season just to build off last year you know uh, i know i had a good year last year and stuff with that but uh you know i could always do better you know it's, you can never just stop getting better you always keep working Keep perfecting your craft. And, um, you know, I, I got an opportunity lifetime right now, so uh, I just gotta hone it in and you know just build off last year. Well, you're definitely one of the fan favorites. We definitely have a, always have a pulse on the fan base, and you know you're one of our favorites 
here at the Falcoholic as well. So we definitely do wish you the best and, you know, just keep going as, as, as far as you can take it at this point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I know fans for a while during the Dan Quinn years, the Falcons went to a, like a, you know, it was a four, three. So there's a little bit smaller, faster penetration style defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they were missing the big boys. So, uh, when you came in, I think a lot of fans are really excited to get to get some more big boys here on the, on the defensive line. And I, I, I am also pretty excited about that. So, uh, again, uh, thank you so much, Anthony, for coming on, guys. Uh, he is at Can't Be Blocked 25 on the Twitter. Uh, Anthony, anything else that you'd like to plug or any, anything before you sign off? Well, man, I'll see you guys at camp, man. I'll be there. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for coming man, on, we'll see Anthony. see you there. Yeah, thank Let's you so much you for coming on, man. Really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right, man. Have a good night. All right, guys. Anthony Rush, great guest. Uh, thank you, Evan, for setting that up. Really appreciate that. Uh, always fun to talk to players. Anthony uh, seems like a great guy uh, with a good good head on his shoulders. Uh, I'm excited to see where this defense goes in training camp. Now that and I forgot to mention it, but you know Eddie Eddie Goldman did come in, uh, and I know some fans are thinking that Goldman and Rush are going to be competing for a roster spot, but I'm here to tell you that they're probably both going to be on the team. I don't know if people remember, but the Falcons actually rostered two nose tackles for almost the entire season. They had Tyler Davison and Rush mm-hmm. for a while, and then they had Rush and Mike Pinnell for a while. Um, so this is them keeping two nose tackles is very likely to happen. And they're really good ones too. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's a um, huge upgrade with having, you know, Goldman and rush on there. So, yeah. And Goldman can play some, uh, potentially some like bear, th- you know, three tech when they play bear fronts or some five tech and, and rush can do some, some interesting stuff as well. Like when he and Pinnell both played together, one of them would kick over to play like a three tech next to the, mm-hmm. to the nose tackle. So I'm excited to see how they line these guys up, but that's going to be a lot of big, that's going to be two big boys out there on run defense. And I think that's going to go a long way to helping, uh, this team stop the run because it was, it was an issue for a lot of last season, obviously, uh, stopping the run. So, uh, before we continue, guys, uh, again, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, everyone for hanging out tonight. All the questions, we appreciate that. I did want to get to Gary Stafford, who left a, a $10 donation uh, during the week uh, to the training camp fund. So thank you so much, Gary. Uh, I don't see a message with it, Gary. So if you if you get this and you wanted to leave a message, uh, just throw it in the chat or whatever, and I'll, I'll read it. Uh, but uh, don't see one on there. But we do appreciate that. And if you're looking to help contribute to our training camp fund, you can do so using the link in the show description. I believe it's streamlabs.com slash thefalcoholic. Uh, all donations, tips, whatever, are going to training camp this month. So, uh, hey, help uh, you know help us out, get down there, uh, and bring you guys that coverage that you're yearning for. Uh, we don't have the official first day of camp because they're – we know the the first public practice is Friday, uh, but there may be private practices before that. I'm not entirely sure, but whenever the first day of training camp is, I'll be there. I guarantee you that. So uh, we will be bringing you all that coverage. I'm planning to do uh, short live shows every day after practice as well. So you guys got lots to look forward to, and we're just a little over two weeks away. So we're we're almost out of the dead period here. Uh, and then I did want to give a shout out to Andrew, a new patron. Uh, Thank you so much, Andrew, for your patronage. Uh, we really appreciate that, man. Um, all right, so let's transition now to the star of the show, 
the special teams review. I know that's what all you guys were tuning in for, right? Was this a special teams talk? I know that's why Evans here. Definitely not to interview Anthony Rush, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've we've gotten through the whole offense and defense. What's left now is special teams, which is simultaneously more settled and less settled uh, after some recent moves. But uh, let's let's kick it off with maybe the most interesting topic, which is the punter battle. The punter battle has changed a little bit. Uh, I would say a lot. A good punter battle. I know. We just need a we need a good punter battle in here. Um, but the Falcons had originally Dom Maggio, the former undrafted free agent, plus Seth Vernon, the current undrafted free agent, and Maggio was waived in favor of Bradley Pinion, the veteran uh, punter who was most recently with the Bucks for several years. Uh, never made a Pro Bowl, as far as I know, but has been sort of a fringe Pro Bowl guy pretty much every year over the last several years. Um, so all of a sudden, this competition, which seemed like it was honestly Seth Vernon's to lose, has gotten a lot more spicy with the addition of Bradley Pinion. Evan, I will I will give you the first take here to uh, talk about Pinion and, and your thoughts on this punter competition. Well, I like Vernon a lot. Um, you know, I, I thought there for a minute he, because I know you, you'd probably agree with me. I thought he was like the favorite, um, you know, especially once Dom was gone, but Pinion coming in kind of complicates that. And it's kind of funny because Vernon, he's what, six, four, six, five, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Pinion, I believe is like also six, five. So like we have two huge punters for some reason and I'm not sure why, but um, yeah, I like Pinion a lot. He's probably the favorite now. Um, but I mean, that's what preseason's for. And obviously, you know, when practice, that's one of the few positions where practice actually can, you can have a battle in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it means something just because it's punting. Um, but Pinion obviously has the more experience. Um, but, you know, we'll see, I guess, during preseason, how much of an actual competition it is. But right now, I'd say Pinion's got the leg up on him, no pun intended. And uh, Vernon, you know, would be in my opinion, practice squad, because, you know, we've seen in the past Falcons struggle with punters who, like, hurt their hamstring or whatever. So I'd be, you know, as long as he's what we think he's going to be, I'd I'd stash him. Yeah. No, I think it makes a ton of sense uh, to, to stash him. And honestly, I agree with what you were saying. Like, I was thinking that that Vernon was sort of the the, the favorite, uh, even mm-hmm. even though he was undrafted, uh, to come in and win that punter battle. Things are a little bit more complicated now with with uh, Bradley Pinion coming in here because let, you know let's face it, Pinion is a you know veteran punter has done pretty good work everywhere he's been. So this is definitely a little bit spicier in terms of the, the level of competition now. Um, but I will go to Adnan here as well. Adnan, your take on the punter battle between Bradley Pinion and Seth Vernon. I definitely think Pinion is is the favorite. Uh, just because a team doesn't generally want to rely on a rookie or something like that. Um, and like you said, Bradley Pinion's just been incredibly steady throughout his entire career. He's uh, I, I'm looking at the stats right now. Last year was his, you know, worst season in uh, punt average. He averaged 42.5 yards per punt. 
which you know it's it wasn't it wasn't much worse than some of his other seasons but a couple of years ago was you know his best season with uh with Tampa Bay uh this is someone who was actually drafted out of uh out of college which not many punters are so uh, I definitely think that he's I think he's definitely the favorite he he's done some holding uh as well so he, he can he can contribute in that area of the game, but you know it wouldn't. Like you guys said, this is a this is a competition. We'll we'll look at it in preseason. Uh, uh, we'll we'll cover it. We'll analyze it. We'll we'll watch it when we're doing play by play of the preseason games this year. But yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think Pinion is the favorite, but Vernon's gonna Vernon's gonna have his say. And like Evan said, if he if he does very well, and you know even if the team doesn't doesn't roster him, he could still make the practice squad and you know still keep that dream alive. Yeah, I, I think that's sort of his floor because I think the team actually really does like Vernon, and Pinion is only on a one year deal at this point. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. Pinion did deal with some injuries last year. He wasn't as good. Uh, again, that was mostly due to injury. Um, and one opinion strengths is his kickoff ability, which maybe isn't as important to the Falcons considering they have Youngway Koo, who's their onside kick expert. Um, but again, it, it's it's nice that he has the versatility to do that. I think he's also kicked a few extra points as a reserve too. Uh, so he, he has the ability to kick uh, as like a place kicker. It's just not his, his forte. But I'm interested to see how it plays out. I, I agree that Pinion has to be the favorite. I think that... The Falcons, one of the areas that they're going to sort of emphasize and try to make really, really good, because they can do it without spending a ton of money, is special teams. Like, I think they're emphasizing this special teams unit. You can tell with a lot of the moves they've made that that's, that's part of their, their plan, and that's why it doesn't shock me that we we are seeing a signing like Bradley Pinion to come in here to, to add some insurance, basically. If Seth Vernon's not ready to go just yet uh we could see Bradley Pinion win the job and he's a he's a steady veteran and I, I think that uh at worst he'll provide above average punting you know it, it'll be hard to to keep up with Thomas Morstead who had like uh NFC special teams player of the of the month like mm-hmm. performance at, at he the was end like of his PFF's year. third punter yeah he was crushing it uh which yeah. again still a little bit confused as to why he wasn't brought back considering where'd he go but, Miami I think he went to Miami, so good for him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yes, it was a little weird that he didn't get brought back considering how well he punted. But, you know, maybe it makes sense. Morstead's in the twilight of his punting career. I mean, punters can, can play for a long time. But what is he, 36? I think he was like 36. So I mean, He was special teams player of the month at one point last Oh, year. he was, yeah. So it's, he's clearly not slowing down yet. But for the Falcons, you know, we've talked about it. Maybe they're viewing this as, as sort of a transitional year. Uh, yeah, Morstead is 20, is 36. Uh, so maybe going for, you know, Seth Vernon, who's obviously an undrafted free agent, uh, very young player. And Pinion, honestly, is only 28, just turned 28 last month. So, you know, this is, maybe they're looking for more of a long-term solution at punter as opposed to, uh, just running it back with Morstead. You know, you're, you know, you're going to get, uh, a great punter, but you don't know how much longer you're going to get that for. So um, also interesting that I wanted to point out uh, 
both Pinion and Seth Vernon are like huge punters. Like I think Ver- uh, Pinion is 6'5", 229. I think Seth Vernon was like 6'5", 235 or something like that. So these are both big bodied punters that can go make special teams tackles if, if you need them to do it. So uh, that is another interesting layer to that competition. But that will definitely be one to watch. If you're into the if you're into the punting competition, which you know you should be, I think discerning fans should appreciate a good punting competition. But field uh, position, yeah, man, they're gonna need it. You know, <laughs> they're gonna need yeah. it this yeah. year. <laughs> so, um, yeah, for sure. Um, Kieran Welsh with the with the bad take here says throw the gradient uniforms in the garbage. Absolutely not, Kieran. The gradient uniforms were great. Okay, like most teams do gradient uniforms wrong, but I think the Falcons gradients actually look really good. I liked them, but if they uh, did like a little, hey, let's see how this goes, and just did red by itself, like I, I wouldn't be too upset just to see yeah. how it looks. But um, I know we've had red before, but it had all the like, you know, stripes stuff all over it. Um, just to see with that uniform, I'd be okay to, with that. But yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I, I like the gradients. Um, if they were their primaries, absolutely not. But <laughs> yeah. I can stomach it for one game. Um, yeah, I think so, it's yeah. more of like a special occasion uniform. But yeah, um, it, it works with the field and with the bends. Right, right. When you see, if you see somebody out in public with it on, it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, but it, when you see them playing on, like it looks good, in my opinion. Because You have it's to have the whole movement. uniform. Yeah, you have to yeah. have the whole uniform with the black pants. Yeah, Because yeah. just the, the jersey by itself. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Kieran, I do agree. Like, they should have a solid red jersey, too. And honestly, I think that they will. Like, if you look at the red pants, they, they don't match any of their other jerseys, really. Because the red pants, I think, have that black line on them. Yeah, uh, which none so of the pants none so of the it other would go ones from do. black to red, which right. doesn't so, make any sense. You know, me me thinks that perhaps a red jersey with a black stripe is forthcoming at some point, uh, to make that work. So I'm just uh, interested why they release and I should have well, I mean I don't wanna ask people <laughs> annoying questions, but I'm just curious why they like came up with the red pants. Like surely they knew everyone was gonna like blow a gasket and be like, oh, I need to see the red pants. Yeah, yeah. Well, and just, just never hype, even, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just hype. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's how it is. You know, you got to generate the hype out here. But right. Um, all right. Let's move on to the. We'll, we'll talk about some subtle ones before we get to returner. Which again, that that is very much open. I mean, I think we all agree uh, Avery Williams is the favorite there. But that one is yeah. certainly there's a lot of contenders for that. So let's let's go. Give Youngway Koo his deserved praise uh, because <laughs> there's not going to be kicker competition. I don't think so. Not unless you think Bradley Pinion can kick, which he can <laughs> technically, but I don't think he's you know going to be challenging Youngway Koo or anything like that. So, uh, non wax poetic for me about the greatness of Youngway Koo. Uh, Youngway Koo, uh, this is just uh, and it, it just feels like a theme uh, in this episode. The fact that we had Anthony Rush on here, yeah. Uh, you're talking about a guy who has re- real was really bouncing all over the place, and you know I'm still in awe at just how how much Youngway Koo just completely turned his career around. Uh, remember, he was cut from uh, from the San Diego Chargers. At yeah. that point, they were still the San Diego Chargers. He was dreadful in 2017, like. Remember, he was missing. He was missing kicks. I think I'm looking. I, I pulled up the stats right now. He was three for six 
one for four on everything beyond 29 yards. Yep. He made his extra points, which is like – He did. Yeah. Congrats. But then, <laughs> yeah, then he went to the Atlanta Legends in, in the uh, in, yeah. in the since like <laughs> folded Ameri- AAF. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the AAF. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think yeah, I legitimately think is he the only player from the AAF that <laughs> like, made it to the NFL? Maybe the only one that ended up becoming like a Pro Bowl level talent. Certainly, I mean, but yeah. maybe there were. Was a it wasn't guys. the Panthers backup? Oh from... yeah, the quarterback. What I think he was from the AAF too. Um, I think so. Uh, um, that league never even like finished. Backup quarterback yeah. Sam Darnold? No, <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, after after playing with the legends, he just comes to Atlanta. I I still don't know how he just straight up revived his career with Atlanta. Like you, someone who just couldn't kick from from even moderate distance in San Diego, and since he made it to Atlanta, he's twelve or he's thirteen for fourteen on kicks from. 50 plus yards you know he struggles more in the 40 to 49 yard range but you know he's someone that was a deserved pro bowler in 2020 and also a fantasy a fantasy football league winner uh in 2020 uh especially with how with how much the uh the falcons were struggling in the red zone um but yeah just absolutely instrument the falcons have been so blessed when it comes to the kicker position yeah like yeah. for the longest time, you you had Matt Bryant, and even before Matt Bryant, Jason Elam was a Pro Bowler in two thousand eight. Uh, you know he he kind of you know he got cut in two thousand nine for his struggles. Then the Falcons signed Matt Bryant, and then you transition from Matt Bryant to Youngway Koo with the Giorgio Tavecchio in the middle of that <laughs> in your appearance. Yep. <laughs> It was brief, but, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, but oh, like Mike, uh, I don't know the Falcons. Uh, I'm just, I'm just so impressed with their scouting department when it comes to these kickers and just how lucky they've gotten with these kickers because this is a position just like most special teams positions. You don't really look at it as a problem, but when it's a problem, it's a huge problem. Like that, that shit will cost you some games if it's a problem. Oh, you yeah. Can ask- yeah. Tampa Bay Buccaneers that over the past decade. Um, but yeah, no, there, there's just not enough superlatives to, to say about Young Way I think he, he did just extend his contract as well, which was, you know, very, very deserved. Uh, looking at a five, it's a five-year contract. So he's going to be in Atlanta for, for a very good bit of time. He's, yeah. he's only 27. Yeah. yeah. And you saw how long Matt Bryant kicked, and Morton yeah. Anderson, you know, kicked till he was what forty something. So yeah, exactly. So I mean, they could have coup for another decade, you know, like easily. Yeah, he's not a free agent until twenty twenty seven, and he's getting paid yeah very handsomely as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, it sort of it ramps up. Like this year, it was pretty reasonable; it's only three million, but it ramps up to five point seven over the course of the contract. So yeah, and I mean, the Pelicans will have some. Yeah, they'll have some cap space in the next <laughs> yeah. few years. Yeah. So yeah, you know, we're we're not going to be pinching pennies over Young Way Koo making a little <laughs> under five mil of a cap <laughs> next year when we have like a hundred million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. it's the thing, like with kickers, is that 
you know, a lot of people say, well, the Falcons, they, they were really good in one-score games last year, right? Like, they, they won almost all their one-score games. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's luck. And, like, it is partially luck, certainly. But I think the a big reason why the Falcons were so good in one-score games is because they had young Wei Koo. Like, young Wei Koo was just nailing every single clutch kick that he had to make. So that makes the difference when you're when you're playing a ton of one-score games and you're needing field goals to win these games. It helps that you have one of the best kickers in the NFL, and that that is something that's not going to change here. So, like, the luck may may sh- shift away from the Falcons' favor in terms of the the one-score games, but they still have Young Wei Koo. So I think them winning these close games is not necessarily going to go away uh, entirely because I think that the coup is is something in their favor every single week. Uh, and it's a weapon. You know, you mentioned the Bucks. There's a lot of te- like the Chargers for for several years, right? They just they were a decent team that just couldn't make a kick when they needed it, uh, and it caused them to lose a lot of games, miss the playoffs, and, and that sort of thing. And part of that was Young Wei Koo. Yes, yes. To be fair, to be fair, you know, <laughs> but Young Wei Koo took that experience. You know, he learned from it, and he came to Atlanta, and you know that's that's when it all the light came on for him, and you know. I am not like happy that it took him that long. I am happy that the light turned on in Atlanta, you know, for the Falcons' benefit uh, and also and, for Koo's benefit. So. And you do see it like it happens with a lot of kickers. Um, I mean, just speaking of like Matt Bryant, for example, he kicked. Um, I think in the Arena League, he kicked for the Giants, the Dolphins. Like he didn't just come to Atlanta like and made a name for himself. Like he he struggled. You know, he was bouncing around some different teams there, and then you know landed in the right spot um you know there's been other kickers who kicked in atlanta who like um uh, i think it was keenan forney who was talking about him but matt prater who ended up going to denver and detroit and having yeah. pretty i don't know if he i i think he's still kicking but having like he a really be. good nfl career and made like there for a while had the record um so yeah like it just he you know struggled or whatever in los angeles but um now he's you know found the right spot and he's running with stride and um yeah i, I think it's a really cool story yeah. and then remember yeah. he had that video on uh you was it youtube or it was on twitter it was popular about him like twirling the ball and like yeah. kicking it yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. and that was kind of like the like wow let's get this guy in here now i mean now he's already like a, a great Falcons kicker nodding on point even before Jason Elam having Morton Anderson. Like we've yeah. had like a really good run of kickers. And I, I got a little PTSD when uh, Adnan was talking about that summer of Tavecchio um, <laughs> because I, I was covering the, ja- I was at the Jaguars game covering it for the Falcolic. And um, that was the one where they brought in Blair Walsh as like his competition. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. That was rough. <laughs> and then they thankfully brought Matt Bryan back um you know to start well, the season and stuff well, but. let's let's be honest they they cut matt bryant and then yeah. they they realized that they made a big mistake when Tavecchio yeah. was an absolute yep. disaster in pre you know how how bad you have to be in preseason <laughs> for the team to be like yeah this is gonna this isn't gonna work out that yeah. that was a good that was fun though i did that um where i just like tweeted at him every day and t- remember <laughs> like, that and then they yeah, like signed yeah. him and, and they, they like they sent me a winky face. That was <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and the thing is, like, Tavecchio was so bad that Dimitrov had to, like, swallow his pride. Yeah. And, and do you know how, like, difficult it is for that man to do that? <laughs> to be like, this is going to be a disaster if I don't just, like, you know, go back to Matt Bryant with my tail tucked between my legs and just, like, 
give him $3 million to come back. And then he had the audacity to like make that video. <laughs> Oh and, my god. Oh yeah. Tweeted it out on the team's social media being like, "Oh no, this was part of the plan the entire time. Like this is why this worked out for this. Shut the fuck up." Like <laughs> <laughs> always, you know, it was always intentional or whatever. Yeah. Like I remember watching that and I'm like, "Do you think do you think this fan base is stupid?" Yeah, that's just yes, insulting you know, the fans think, at that. Like you can is, feel however bad. you want, but you know, yeah. you can't be that blatantly like thinking the fans are stupid yeah, and that's right. all that can't video do that. can't do that but yeah i mean i feel bad for tavecchio because honestly tavecchio was really strong to finish he that season out so good in that giants game yeah. oh like he was what four for four in that giants game oh yeah yeah that, like 56 yarder yeah yeah the game away when yeah. the giants were like coming back yeah it's just it's such a mental thing with because all these nfl kickers have the ability to hit these kicks like they can all do it they all physically are capable of doing it um but it's it's a mental thing um and and you know like what do they call it they call it like the yips or whatever in golf i think or something like that or in baseball yeah and it's the same principle like it's it's a mental block and it you know some guys can get over it quickly some guys need a lot of time but nfl teams are not willing to wait usually for that stuff uh particularly when they're already not winning a lot of games or if they're really close to making the playoffs, like it, it's a brutal business. Um, so I do feel bad for Tavecchio, but again, the coin flips over and young way gets another chance after having a similar issue when he was with the chargers. And there you go. Now his head's in the right place. He's learned from it and he's now a pro bowler uh, or should be. <laughs> and I, I just love the whole like Georgia connect. He went to Georgia Southern too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so he's a local product, played for the Atlanta Legends, stayed close to Atlanta. So, you know, it's just great that, you know, he's legitimately a homegrown kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Remember when when it was revealed he was going to wear seven and everyone was like furious? <laughs> and now they, they have that great picture of him and Vic. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know where they took it, but both of them wearing number seven. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Look, you just have to be great to wear number seven. As long as you're great, I'm not going to complain. And, and yeah. he he earned it. So you know, I mean, they were giving seven to like Bernard Reedy and oh some my God. practice yeah. squad guys. Oh man, Reedy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think good. didn't yeah. think there would be a Bernard Reedy you referenced. <laughs> I, I was not expecting that. Yeah, Speedy Reedy. Yep, Speedy Reedy. Whew. Um, yeah, shout out to Reedy, man. I hope he's doing well. But, but we uh, do have, uh, you know, we've had Morton Anderson on and Matt Bryan on, both yeah, friends of the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. The, the big fish to catch. Yeah, got to get, you gotta get out there, get get back on that horse. I know I'm, you just found I'm Anthony trying. Rush, but you got to get trying. up on that horse and get Young Way. Well, maybe I'll see if I can talk to him at camp. That um, would be lovely. That yeah. would be cool. And then we that can that can like you know plant the seed, and then yes. we can you know grow the plant and then harvest yeah. the plant later. Um, yeah. You know, we got to be patient with this stuff. But, and then enjoy uh, the fruits for our labor. Yes, exactly. exactly. Thank you for finishing the. You know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all right, let's move on to the to the other position that seems pretty settled. Uh, Josh Harris exits unceremoniously. Oh, I you got know, a rant coming up. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll open the floor to Evan. This has nothing to do with Liam McCullough. Mm. Okay, uh, Liam McCullough has nothing to do with this. Uh, nope. This is not ire directed at you, Liam. If you're watching the show, uh, we wish only the best for you. But. Uh, Evan's got some words on the Josh Harris situation, so go ahead. I just don't get it. Um, I, I The only excuse I'll accept is it was all money, and it was, like, barely any difference. <laughs> but well. you literally have Josh Harris, who 
has been in Atlanta for a decade. Uh, friend of the show, Josh Harris. Friend of the show, Josh Harris. Yeah, um, he's been on a few times. But um, my biasness is not here. Don't worry about that. Um, but literally for a decade, reliable. Literally, like that's like the position where if if you've got a bad long snapper, you're gonna know it instantly because they're gonna be messing up all over the place, and that's a hard job. But decade, and then on his, you know, tenth season, makes the Pro Bowl, makes All Pro, and you let him walk. And now we've got McCullough or whatever. No offense to him. I don't know anything about him, and I hope he does well. Um, but he's never, like, from a management standpoint, he's never, to my knowledge, snapped in the NFL. Maybe preseason, but not in a regular season game. He's bounced around a couple teams. I know they had Bo Brinkley, um, who was with the Titans, but he's on IR now. Um, so there's no telling. I mean, I guess if it works out, they've saved a lot, but – I mean, Josh Harris was a locker room guy, um, veteran in the locker room presence, and they let him just walk. And I, he's with the Chargers, um, but yeah, I just didn't get that. And, and um, you know, PFF also had him graded as their top long snapper last year. So yeah, yeah. it just it just seems like creating a problem where you didn't need to. At, like, um, the cheapest position, yeah. too. <laughs> it's so unnecessary. Like, like, literally, like, Madden doesn't even have a long snapper thing. No. They just call them tight ends because yeah. that's how it works. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, just, I, I, it's bizarre. Yeah. Well, yeah. I haven't played Madden in so long. No. Well, you can get that. It's the same every on, year. Uh, yeah. If you, well, if you play, there's, <laughs> like, that subscription it, but... thing now. Like, the EA Play or whatever that you can get for PC. Or I think if you do the xbox no, game I mean, pass or whatever been, it's been like, get it included yeah it's been like three years i mean like a shit yeah. ton of fun but i'm like evan said i'm pretty sure if i fired up my madden like 18 that i previously had it would be the exact same as madden 20. only thing that changes is the music yeah yeah it does there, it's sad there's some bangers on there there's yeah. some bangers in there but i mean i yeah. buy it every year anyway because <laughs> i'm stupid but um yeah yeah, because I always get the hankering to play it. Because on this on this subscription, you get the last year's one for free. Uh, you only have to pay like five bucks a month. You get like a bunch of games, yeah. but Madden is one of them. But it's last year's Madden. It's like, oh, I, I can play it up until the draft, and it's like, oh, well, now I have to get the new one. But little do they know that you know you can just download mods for the PC version that add the whole new draft class in anyway. Then you don't have to pay for the new one. So that's what I'm gonna do going forward. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 I, it was a random thought. I don't know about you guys, but it's just something about this time of year. I don't know, maybe it's just, like, the warm-ass weather and, like, you know, raging humidity right now that we have in Georgia. But, and I'm sure it's even worse in Florida. Yeah, it's pretty hot. Yeah. (laughs) It's nice in New York, yeah. I don't know, it's just something about this (laughs) kind of year that just has me just, like, so itching to go when it comes to football. Yeah. Well, you get that, you know, when my favorite smell in the world, and it's weird, but fresh-cut grass reminds me of football. Like, and it reminds me of yeah. fall. I don't know. It's it's just one of those, like, things that triggers a memory. But, yeah. um, no, yeah. for sure. It's, it's like a core memory, too. Or, or Yeah. But, yeah. no, it, it's just, like, this time of year, I don't know. We're in, like, mid-July. Mm-hmm. And, and you just feel it's so close. It's like training camp is right there, and then it's, like, the preseason. And then we're really rolling, you, you know. You're looking at fantasy draft rankings and stuff. And it's, it's just you just feel that it's just so close. Yeah, in that week of the first, um, like, the Hall of Fame game, like, a lot of people probably don't care, but, like, I know for us football nuts, like, 
it's like, man, football's coming. Like, I'll actually watch it just to, you know, and then I turn it off, like, towards the end because I don't care anymore. But um, just to see some people hitting each other, even mm-hmm. though it's, like, backups and stuff like that. But then, yeah. you know, you you get those preseason games where, like, we've talked about, you know, on all these different shows, like, the competitions. And, you know, this is one of the biggest seasons ever for us, like, competition-wise. Like, yeah. I mean – we're pretty sure we've done a show already on it, but like Mariota is probably the starter out of the gate, but there's like, we get to see Ritter play, you know, we get to see some, the receivers and all these other positions, you know, battle. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be great. And uh, it's always that customary tweet when it's a hall of fame game. Oh, we're going to have football every Sunday for the next like yeah. six <laughs> months or like whatever. And then right before the Super Bowl, they do that tweet of like, we're not going to have football for a long time now or whatever the days are. <laughs> yeah, It's like, yep. oh, that's depressing. Yeah, that that's sad. That's big, big sad. But yeah, it's it's an interesting time of year. Uh, and we're almost we're almost there. We got we got two weeks roughly. Uh, but I think we can do it. You know, we're, we're almost there. You guys, um, we're going to get we're going to get some takes. Speaking of takes, Liam McCullough is the new long snapper again. None of us really know anything about Liam McCullough. Uh, like, oh. I don't, I, I believe well, that... Liam, Liam McCullough is probably going to be throwing darts with, like, Evan's face on it. Just like... Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Public enemy number one, Evan Birchfield. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hater. Yeah, I know he but, was again, with... But, again, I don't know yeah. anything about him, so I'm no. excited to... He was see, with you know, what he can the do. Raiders last year, I believe. Um, I mean, I'm going to pull this up. You know, get, make sure you guys have the... Because apparently I was wrong about uh, about one of the players we talked about. Trey Webb was not a JUCO transfer. He was a transfer from uh, not JUCO. It was from, I believe, San Jose State. Uh, so, you know, my apologies on that one. But uh, Liam McCullough was with the Raiders uh, as a UDFA after the 2020 NFL draft. Um, he was... I think on the Steelers practice squad for a while that same year. And then he was back with the Raiders uh, last year, but didn't make the, ro- didn't make the roster and then ended up signing with the Falcons this off season. And then when the Falcons had that injury to um, now, I can't remember his name. The oh, Brinkley. Yeah. Yeah. Brinkley, who was with the Titans before uh, McCullough was the last man standing uh, and they haven't brought anyone else in. So it seems like McCullough is sort of being handed the job. Uh, so, you know, good for him. Um, but it is, you know, it, look, and as long as he, uh, as long as he snaps that ball with no issues, then I'm, we're going to continue being happy for him and, you know, hope that he can be a long snapper here in Atlanta for a long time, successful and all that good stuff. But uh, just don't know too much about him. So we'll have to see how that goes in training. Camp. How, how does IR work before the season? Like can Brinkley come back? No, I believe IR before the season is okay. season ending. Because um, I don't remember them actually saying what his injury was. No, but I believe it was season ending. Like but they were saying fine. it would okay. be. Yeah, that was my understanding. Um, hmm. So, yeah, that's that's unfortunate with that timing. But uh, hopefully yeah, McCullough so can. Yeah, Brinkley was it. probably the like focus. And then he had his injury, whatever it was. Yeah. And then, you know, so, I mean, it's still possible they bring somebody in. If there's like you know, a veteran they want to bring in towards the end. But that's the point of preseason. Now they're going to get to, you know, see what McCullough can do. Absolutely. All right. So should we should we move on to the returner competition now? I think we should. 
I think I think we've discussed Long Snapper in pretty impressive detail uh, for this time of year. <laughs> so, returner competition. We have a couple of names here. The favorite would be Avery Williams, recently transitioned to running back Avery Williams, who I think is, I think he's the pretty heavy favorite. I don't know if you guys would agree with that. I'd um, say so. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm excited. I mean, I don't know. like, yeah. Go oh, ahead. I was just gonna say, if it's like you need a return and it's in the Super Bowl or something, like, you know, I, I. I want Cordero Patterson still back there. But the problem is you don't want to have him, you know, he's such a big part of this offense now that you don't want him back there as talented as he is taking hits like that to where, yeah, it should just be Avery Williams because he's displayed. Like I think PFF even had him as like one of the top returners. So it just Uh, makes logical sense. He's the best returner that the Falcons have had since when, Hester was really good in his like mm-hmm. one year, but you know, you know, like Avery Williams has legitimately been the best returner that the Falcons have had in almost a decade, I would say. Because I mean, remember, Falcons had what, since Weems. Yeah, I, I would say if not Hester, then Eric Weems in his first stint when he was a Pro mm-hmm. Bowl in 2010. Um, because I mean Hester was fine. I think yeah. I think no hate to him, but I think it's time that Atlanta gets a little bit overrated. Because he broke that record. Yeah, just because you know yeah. he broke the record and it was like it was a great moment and stuff, and Deion Sanders was there and everything. And but, he was still good, but he was past yeah. his prime. He wasn't prime like Chicago Bears that Yeah, he, like I'm not saying, oh yeah, like you know no dis Hester is the greatest returner of all time. But just like his one year in Atlanta wasn't like, you know, that, right? you, you know, uh, it, it was solid, but it wasn't like, you know, the way that I hear some people talking about Hester, it's like, you know, they talk about him like it was like the prime Hester in Chicago. And I think that was, a lot of that is main value, but that's neither mm-hmm. here nor there. Yeah, I'd say maybe like Williams' year last year was probably the best we've seen in Atlanta since Eric Weems first time. Eric Williams the second time was a human fair catch. Like, he wasn't doing shit. Um, but, yeah, no, like, we had we had Andre Roberts. Yeah. Year, and then he leaves, and he's like a three-time Pro Bowler with the Jets. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy how that goes. He also won the, I think, the Salute to Service Award that mm-hmm. season with us. Yep. Not football-related, but just yeah. worth noting. So, <laughs> no, I think... I think we all agree that Avery Williams is the pretty heavy favorite here. Um, The other guys to consider, and Avery Williams, the only thing that makes it even like a little bit complicated is the running back thing. And I guess we don't know for sure how that transition is going to go. He has played running back before he played it in high school. And I think it makes a lot of sense for his skill set. I think he's actually a better fit at running back, I would say, than corner because the size limitations at corner are significant. Because a lot of teams are going to play big slots. They do it these days. And it's just, it's tough for him. We saw him struggle, you know, against size in the slot. And that was always going to be his limitation. At running back, you can get away with it. I mean, look at Jaquiz Rogers. Jaquiz Rogers was like 5'7". Uh, you know, and it, Williams is 5'8". So it's not like it, it's, yeah. it's that bad. Um, the, the only thing that worries me there is, like, how many running backs they plan to keep on the roster. Yeah, I mean, because you're... Yeah. 
if you're if you're one of these fringe running backs, you know, on this run, not Cordero Patterson or you know Damian Williams, who was the free agent signing, but if you're one of these other guys, you're like, damn, like, you know, if I was one of these running backs and I heard that Williams was like mm-hmm. a running yeah. back, I'd be like, fuck. But Caleb yeah. Huntley had a uh, good preseason, if I remember correctly. Uh, Quadri Allison, I mean. He, I think, had the one of the better like yards per carry average for us last year. Yeah. yeah um, Dame, as Anna mentioned, Damian Williams brought in from Chicago. You got the rookie uh, Tyler Algier, and then obviously Cordero Patterson. So, I mean, you're cutting some good players to keep him on, and you know, yeah. we're not even sure yet how good this experience is going to work out. But right, yeah. because, like Williams is one of the specialists, and he if he makes it as a returner, he. You know, he's getting his roster spot. But Williams, you're not cutting because you spent right. money in free agency on him. Cordero Patterson's Cordero yeah. Patterson. He'll, he'll be here. And then Algier, you you don't want to cut someone you just spent a fifth-round pick on. And then you have Williams as the fourth running back. Like, you know, is this team really – does it really need to keep more than four running no, backs? They won't. They won't. Um, they'll keep four. And unfortunately, that means – Quadri Olson and Caleb Huntley are probably fighting for a practice squad spot. Um, I know, who was it? Um, Rothstein actually had Damian Williams getting cut in favor of Quadri Olson, which I I was surprised by, but he's been huh. there. You know, he's been there. Um, so he must, you know, maybe Olson's looking really good, whatever, but I do think, I you know, one shocked. of those guys. Yeah, I would be shocked yeah. by that too. Um, but, I mean, I'm sure he was basing it on something he's heard or, saw, or seen so far. But, um you know, we'll see. I do think it's going to be a tough battle there at running back. Certainly. Um, I think whoever's on the practice squad is going to be a good player. Um, so, and, and running back is a position that you need to have a guy in the practice squad because they will probably get called up at some point during the season. Um, so it's not a bad problem to have, but I agree that it does sort of suck for Huntley and, or, or Olsen. Well, both of them, I guess, because I think they're probably on the outside looking in, in terms of the 53 man roster at this point through, through no fault of their own, really. Um, but I do agree that it, it's easier to carry a guy at running back who may not provide you a lot at running back than it is to carry someone at cornerback because those five corners you're going to activate, they all have to be ready to play because you're starting three corners most of the time. Like if you have injuries, like that fifth corner could easily find himself in the game. Um, so I think it's harder to hide someone at corner than it is at running back. Um, so I, I, I assume that's why they made the move. But other guys we could talk about at returner real quick just to mention. Um, we've heard Alameda Zacchaeus has been getting a lot of run there. I'd suspect that he's probably like the primary backup there. I don't know that like Zacchaeus' roster spot isn't in danger. So I don't know that they're going to necessarily like try to have him win the returner battle. I think he's been sort of serviceable, but I don't think he's really been any special anything special there. Uh, they've also had Demir Bird returning kicks. He did return kicks in uh, with the Panthers. He returned punts and kicks, I believe, with the Panthers in his first couple seasons. So he has experience there. He's very fast. But depend, you know, depending on what you think of Bird, he might be one of the starting three receivers. So in that case, he's probably not returning kicks. And then the other guy is UDFA Jared Bernhardt, the lacrosse star. Um, he's also apparently getting a lot of work at returners, so he could be sort of a wild card. But... Um, yeah, Evan, I'll, I'll go to you first there. Any of those other guys interest you at all or any other sort of dark horse guys for the returner battle that you're interested in? Not really. I think it's, I think it's pretty, 
you know, I think Avery Williams is it. Um, you know, punt return wise, Zacchaeus I know can play some, but yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, bearing some sort of preseason. Even then, we've seen it before where people have a great preseason and it doesn't work out, but maybe they land on the practice squad as a, you know, God forbid something happened, injury. Uh, right. You've yeah, got I can to see Bernhardt, but... you know, doing that basically. Yeah. Like if he's impressive, he could be like the first man up if they need a yeah. replacement for somebody, but. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Avery Williams has it sewn up, though. Yeah, I, I think as, as long as he plays like he did last Like, he was so good last year that they basically were like, you know, Patterson, like, you don't need to return anymore. Like, we're just right. going to take you out of there. So, uh, if he if he plays at that level again, then then I think that uh, that he'll, he is sort of a shoe in I agree. But, uh, not any of those other returners interest you? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, mean, I like yeah. that. Short and sweet, yeah. But, like, to be honest, like, Williams is, was just so good last year that, spoiler alert, I... I he's winning this job like I, I don't I'm I'm very confident unless there's like an injury or he just like forgets how to play football <laughs> then you know he'll be the team's primary returner that's right <laughs> yeah I he gets out there and he has a space jam moment which yeah. is just not <laughs> he sure lost, what he's... he lost his special stuff or whatever yeah so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well I hope that doesn't happen we don't want any sort of space no. jam you know voodoo I assume the Saints yeah. would be involved in that sort of situation. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be in training camp on the hill. We'll be getting the returner battle and stuff like right in front of us because yeah. we'll, yeah. it'll be so good. Then the offensive lineman will be like all the <laughs> way over there. That's how they do it. Yep. See them. Yep. I need to petition them to let us like run around the whole field so we can see the offensive line instead of being trapped at like you know halfway down the field not being able to walk anywhere. So yeah, no, that that's something where keep keep a, keep an eye out for that. Uh, whoever, whatever they show you that's like close to the fans, that that's what they're really confident in. <laughs> and if it's something that's far away that they want out of the like eye then, you know, you know that, that they're having some issues. So just young Waiku kicking over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, just right in front of the bench. Like, oh, yeah, everybody everybody loves that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that's that's pretty much the gist of it, uh, that, that it's pretty much it. I think it's Avery Williams' job to lose. The wild card would be, you know, if he can't provide anything at running back, which I think is unlikely. I think he can at least be like a pass-catching option there. Um, I mean, to make the switch, they had to have seen something or – I mean, well, obviously, like, no games have taken place, yeah. but like, the skills translate. I mean, he's played running right. back before. He's he's obviously a talented open field runner. He can catch. He he can run with the ball. Like he he knows how to like, like a lot of the skills translate. Obviously, the vision and and the sort of plays that you have to learn and all that. That's something he'll have to learn. But he's gonna be the fourth running back. So it's not like this is yeah. a guy you're going to be depending on to take twenty carries. It's like. Maybe we'll have you do some gadget stuff. Maybe we'll have you catch some passes out of the backfield. You know, they're probably going to keep it simple for him this year if he is the the fourth running back. And I mean, he's probably only going to play running back if there's injuries. So I don't know that it's going to be too much of a concern there. Um, but again, like anything he gives you at running back is pretty much gravy. Uh, and I think, like like we said earlier, I think it's easier to get away with having someone who's like a mediocre running back than than like a mediocre cornerback because yeah you're not going to get victimized necessarily for having a running back in there. That's not doing great. You're going to get victimized if one of your corners can't hack it. Um, <laughs> so we'll see how it goes, but I, I agree with what you guys said. I think that, that Avery Williams has to be the favorite there. And 
while I like some of the other names that they have and some of the other options, I do think it's it's going to be Williams. Um, all right. Well, guys, uh, we do appreciate everyone for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, there is not really much more to get to tonight. Like I said, it will be two weeks approximately until training camp. I think the 29th is the first public practice. Um, so we're excited about that. We're going to have a, a training camp preview show next week uh, where we'll be talking about some of the, the top stuff to watch. And maybe if there's any more roster moves, we'll get to that stuff. Uh, at the site, I've got my player profiles coming out. We're almost done. I'm on safety, which is the last defensive position. Then I'll do a couple special teams ones like the ones we talked about tonight. And then I'll do one for Eddie Goldman because he deserves one. He came in late, but he'll, he'll get one. Um but, uh, yeah, other than that, we're going to be rolling through our uh, our other off-season content in preparation for training camp here. Uh, so lots to look forward to. Uh, if you're interested in helping us get to training camp, you can donate to the training camp fund at any time. Like I said, the link to that is streamlabs.com slash thefalcoholic. You can also join our Patreon to support us on a monthly basis. That's patreon.com slash live. I will mention that we're, we're forming. I, I'm taking down the names now for our fantasy, our patron fantasy league. So if you're interested in getting involved with that, uh, now is a good time to, to join but up. Make sure you bring your A game because me and Kevin yeah. were in the championship last yeah, year. Yeah, we wiped we... the floor with you guys. Like... Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we need, we need you guys to step it up this year. Um, so, yeah, no, but uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, we're probably going to have to run two or three leagues this year, which, of course, I'm more than happy to do. Um, so if you're interested in getting involved that, check that out and an update on the Q and a, I think what we're going to do is do a Q and a before training camp. And then we'll do another one, uh, shortly after, like after the first week of training camp. So we'll sort of bunch them together. Cause there's just like, there's just not much to talk about. And I don't want to like give you guys a Q and a, we're just having to ask like joke questions the whole time. So we'll give you, we'll give you a Q and a right when training camp kicks off. And then we'll give you another one shortly after. And we'll just sort of bunch them up so you guys can get, uh, questions in that you know you actually care about. I want to make sure you guys are getting some good content there, um, not just you know anytime we can do it we that we will. Um, but before we sign off, I want to thank my co-hosts tonight. But before that, also want to thank Anthony Rush for joining us, guys. Uh, earlier in the show, if you missed that, you'll be able to just wait a few minutes. This will be up on YouTube within maybe sixty seconds, maybe less. Uh, so you can go back to the beginning of this video and watch the entire interview with Rush if you missed that. Uh, and this will also, of course, be up on our podcast feed as well for those of you listening to the audio version. Uh, but again, thanks, guys. And thanks to my co-host this evening. First of all, Director of Guest Personnel, Evan Birchfield. He is at Evan Birchfield on the Twitter. Evan, anything that you're working on you'd like to let the people know about? No, just go to falcolic.com. Kevin and the gang's been killing it. Um, make sure you like and subscribe on here. Um, follow on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, the underscore Falcolic, and Twitter, obviously, the Falcolic. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, make sure if you just tune in and rewatch it because Anthony Rush kind of hinted at some interesting n- news. Um, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Also with us, Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way. Adnan, anything you're working on you'd like to plug? Yeah, we have an article series going on right now at the Falcoholic, which is looking at the juiciest training camp battles. And uh, I'll, I'm will i writing up the battle between uh, Matt Hennessy and Drew Dolman for the center position. Uh, that'll go probably sometime next week. So, yeah, I'd definitely check that out. 
Absolutely, guys. Look for that. Uh, like, like these two said, make sure to like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Check out all the feeds. Check out thefalcoholic.com for that great written content. And for those of you on the podcast, thank you for listening. Until next time, guys, next week we'll be back with our training camp preview, and then it'll be just a week to go until training camp itself. So just got to get through a couple more weeks of dead period, folks. We're almost there. Uh, until then, thank you for tuning in. We will talk to you next time on the Falcoholic Live. Have a great night, folks.